Good evening, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Living Light Outdoors. Story time with Buster on Saturday. We're going to finish this book. Um, we are right there at the end. If you remember right, we left off last week right in the midst of a dinner, a table that had been prepared for them in the midst of this valley of the shadow of death. So we're going to pick it up where um, our, our, our writer had said that he told me to ask him anything I wanted. So here we go. We're going to pick this up. Rick Joyner's The Valley. Lord, I would like for this moment to never end, I began. I'm sure all of these feel the same way. Yet, obviously, this will end and we will have to continue our journey. I certainly do not want to divert from anything you want to say to us during this time, but I would like to ask you some questions about the journey. Lord, you said that this was to celebrate what we had accomplished in the valley and to honor us for it. I know you would only speak the truth, but it seems to me that we left the valley in worse shape than we entered it. Please tell us what we accomplished, I asked. First, you were told in the beginning, a main purpose of this valley is to help fashion my people into what I have called them to be. I am pleased with what this has done in you and in those who are with you, he said, looking around at everyone. Do you or any of those with you think that if given another opportunity to go through this same experiences, you could do much better, he asked. All at our table nodded that we could, as he continued. Of course you could and you will have many opportunities to use what you have learned and what you have become. Next, you think you left the valley in worse shape because of how it seems the darkness has spread and captured many more people. It appears that way, but let me share with you another perspective, my perspective. The darkness did not spread or multiply as it may seem. It was there all the time. You just exposed it. No one who is truly serving me was captured by the evil horde. It only captured those who did not seek me first, but rather sought their own interests. Those are the only ones that the evil can take domain over. It was such that created this evil horde, and such have fed its growth. This evil has been able to dominate much of the world that is built on the ways of the evil one. Just because they used my name does not mean they follow me or serve me. You help to expose many for what they have always been. Some will come to their senses as the nature of this evil horde becomes increasingly obvious. These will turn to me and repent of their evil own evil ways. They will be free and will help many others to be free. Many of these are even now considering both the real nature of what they are now in and what has become known to many of how you fought back, freed others, and have remained on the path. A purpose that I gave you was to attack the strongholds of the evil one to make it easier for those who would come after you. You did this. Though much of the world now thinks that my church is being destroyed, my church was only strengthened by what has happened. My church has always been a remnant, mostly hidden ones within the multitudes who have claimed to serve me. You think that because you lost so many people to that evil horde that you lost my people who were in your care. I am my people's shepherd, and I have never lost a single one. I had many people in that evil horde that are now free because their eyes are opened to what it truly was, another Tower of Babel. Men have built many things using my name, but they were really building to make names for themselves. Many continue to have the folly of thinking that they can reach heaven by their own wisdom and strength, like the first Tower of Babel. Again, even those with you 
that were captured that were my people are not lost. They are being educated and set free from their own self-seeking. They are scattered all over this valley, but right now they are beginning to discover the materials you published about your experiences. Those materials will help them to be ready to join the movements that are about to move through the valley. These here at this feast will soon lead many of them, and they have been prepared well for this. So, we do have much to celebrate. Many laborers for the greatest harvest of all have been prepared. How can we not celebrate? The Lord looked around, seemingly engaging each one as they all were looking at him. We were greatly encouraged by his assessment of what we had done in the valley. Then he turned to me again and asked, You must sit with me where I am seated to see things as they really are. This, too, you will learn to do. But what do you think about what I just said? The Lord asked with a smile. It is more than encouraging. You really do work all things for good for your people. I know our mistakes, such as letting our pride set us up for such an attack, were still mistakes. However, it is so wonderful to know that even that will work out for good. There is no way that we will ever be able to thank you for letting us be a part of your purposes, to serve you like this. It has been more difficult than any life I could have ever imagined, but also far better and fulfilling. Just today has been worth all the years of struggle many times over. To know that we did accomplish something good is like icing on the cake. I chose you for this job because you are perfect for the job, he answered. I made you, and I prepared you. One reason I chose you is revealed by your question. You care about those I put under your care, and you do your best to do a good job with everything I give you to do. You must be more at peace about your inadequacies. They will be the areas of your greatest strength when you learn to rest more in me and trust me more. Your shame over your failures are like anchors holding you back. I paid the price for your failures and your sins. If you have repented and still feel shame, this means that you really do not think my sacrifice was enough to pay for them. When you fail to rest in me and what I have done for you as you should, you begin to move in your own strength. That will wear you out and weaken you so that sin is able to afflict you. It is hard to have a good judgment when you're tired. This is the correction I gave you years ago when you were close to burnout and you are still wrestling with it. I remembered the incident well. I was in my office feeling that I could not take any more pressure from all of my responsibilities. Then the Lord came into my office. I did not see him, but I didn't need to because his presence was so real. All he said was, I uphold the universe with my power. I can help you with this little ministry. The experience only lasted about a minute, but the refreshment I received from his presence was so great that I immediately felt I needed another world to save. This one was too easy. Lord, I'm sorry I keep falling into the same trap, I responded. You do, but be encouraged. You're making progress, he replied. You would not have made it this far if you had not. You not only made it this far, but you brought all these with you. You have much left to do. I don't want you to fall short of your full purpose. The main enemy of your full purpose is the deception that could have you put more faith in your inadequacies than in my ability. If you believe in me, you will rest in me. What do you think is your greatest strength as a leader and also your greatest weakness, he asked. This question surprised me. I had to think about it for a minute before answering. I think the greatest strength I have is that I am bold and decisive, but I also think I have made enough mistakes in my life to be humble about it 
and correctable when I know it was from you. I think my greatest weakness is that I do not spend enough time in prayer and just sitting before you, listening to you. I think that is also related to what you just said, my failure to rest and be at peace in you, to know you as my strength and salvation. I agree with your assessment, he replied. What would be the main thing you would like me to do for you for your journey? I would like for the fullness of the Holy Spirit to be released in this group so that together we have all the gifts of the Spirit, ministries, and the fruit of the Spirit to fully manifest you in every place. Why this? he asked. Everything we need is in the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit you gave us as the Helper. I can't think of anything else that we would need other than what He is to us, I answered. You have answered well, and you will have what you asked for. Is there a special gift of the Spirit that you would like to have manifested in your own life in greater measure? The gift of a word of wisdom, I replied. Why that gift, he asked. Well, it seems to be the most important thing for any leader if if Solomon, the wisest man, would ask for it. If all of the gifts are released in those who are with me, I will need the wisdom to help apply them to the events and situations on this journey, I answered. You will have it, he said. Lord, may I ask for one more thing? Yes. May I join you as you speak to each of these? Yes, you may, but why do you want to do that? When the all-knowing God asks us a question, he is obviously not seeking information. Rather, he is trying to get us to see or consider something. So I took a moment to really determine why I wanted to do this. I don't know how I could learn more about these people or you than by watching how you speak and relate to them like this, I answered. Go and get Mark, Andrew, Charles, Jen, and two Marys, as well as Adam and Michael. I will speak to them first, and then I want all of these to be with us as I speak to the others. How perfect are his ways, I thought, as I went to get the others. My next question would have been to ask if they could join us as he spoke to the others. This was the greatest experience of my life, and it was about to get even better. As I went to get those he had called for, I looked over to where the path led in from the clearing, and there stood Elijah and Enoch. They were both smiling broadly, obviously enjoying the whole scene. It seemed fitting for them to get to do this. There was no host like the Lord. I could not imagine a more special scene in all of creation like him hosting his people in this place. I could have stayed there forever, but I knew that the two prophets stood where they were to prepare us for the next part of the journey. I thought of the conflict raging all over the valley, and I looked around at this part of the heaven that I was standing in. He said we could take it with us, that we could join him at this table any time, even in the midst of our enemies as we are now. This we must determine to do. There's more. (laughs) Uh, He continues to write. I um, I will do some research and find the next chapter that we're going to dig into. What an incredible journey. What, what, what a thought of processing through the valley of the shadow of death. The fact that we can, in fact, have God's presence with us at any given time. We can dine at his table even in the midst of our enemies. There's scripture that support all of this. What are, what are we going to do with this? Think about this for a minute. If you were at this table, sitting with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he asked you, or told you that you could ask for anything you want, what would you ask for? Would it be wisdom? 
what, what would it what would it be? I mean, I, I really think we ought to look at this. I think we ought to consider what because I mean, he asks us all the time, what is it that we need? And and mul- multiple times throughout the word, we see that you know, the matter of fact, there's scripture that says that you, you have not because you ask not, but yet we don't receive because we ask for the wrong motive. Our, our motive is selfishness. So, so, so what I want you to do is, is really consider what would you ask the Lord? If, if he said you can have anything you want, what would you ask of him? And, and then in the process of answering that to, to, between you and the Lord, I, I don't need to hear this, but between you and the Lord, I want you to consider what your motive is for asking that particular thing. Because technically we should be asking for his will in our life. Whatever, God, your will is for us, that we live it out boldly, loudly, and to the best of our ability. Wisdom is probably the most prominent thing we need. We need wisdom. We need discernment. And we need to be led by his presence and his spirit at all times. Amen. God bless you guys. I hope you've enjoyed this. Go back and listen to them in a sequence where you can kind of get a grasp of the entire book. I know once a week, you know, we're kind of spitting it out here and there. But I encourage you, challenge you to to dig through these words that are in these books. There's so much power packed in this. There's so many things, so many little nuggets of truth that we need to unearth as we process through these messages. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for following us on our Facebook. Thank you for following us on our podcast. Continue to do so. If you can support us financially, man, we could certainly use it. We are headed long, headlong into 2022. Not real sure exactly the direction God has for us. We're just progressing. We're moving. We're, we're seeking his face for everything. We're asking His for, for his provision. We're asking for multiple things in our life and in our family right now to set us up for wherever God has us to go next. We love you guys. We thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. We're praying for you, and we're praying that God opens your eyes to see the very things that he has for you ahead of you. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you again real soon.